0: Boy, what a show we have for you today. I am pumped up. One of my favorite human beings on the planet will be joining me momentarily. As uh, many of you know, the news broke yesterday as I am filing a lawsuit against Bonneville International, the uh, company that owns KHDK in Sacramento, for firing me back on June 2nd of 2020 for tweeting out all lives matter uh, every single one. I will talk about this real briefly, but I'm going to go over everything with you on Tuesday because I want to save as much time as I can for my guest. Uh, I didn't do anything wrong. All lives matter. Every single one. Now, all of a sudden, some look at that as racist. I mean, it's mind-boggling to me. It's absolutely mind-boggling to me. How I was raised, what my father and mother stood for, how they were always preaching equality in our home, how my church, the Unitarian Universalist, has seven core principles that I live by every single day. I mean, that's how I was raised. All lives matter, every single one. But unfortunately, there are some, although I don't think many, that consider that racist. The first principle of what, has been ingrained in my head since I was old enough to remember from the church, the first principle, the inherent worth and dignity of every person. That's what I live by every single day. And I will continue to live that way until I take my last breath. My father and my mother raised us a certain way. My brother just retired after teaching math at a high school on Long Island, New York. 90% Hispanic and black. He wanted to make a difference. He was a straight 4.0 student at a great college in New York in both math and economics. Could have made millions of dollars working for major companies. Nope. He wanted to be a teacher. He wanted to help those that are in need. 90% Hispanic and black. Freeport High School on Long Island. Why? Because that's the way my brother was raised. By my parents and by the Unitarian Church. So... I will talk a lot about this on Tuesday. I will digest everything that's going on this weekend and the reaction both locally and nationally. And then we'll, we'll have a great conversation on Tuesday. So thank you very much for your support. We are going to get to my guest here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento for your plumbing needs and repairs and remember they're available around the clock 24 7 they have got a fix for you that's right newworksplumbing.com n-e-w-w-r-x plumbing.com they are absolutely awesome so remember plumbing needs plumbing repairs newworksplumbing.com that's n-e-w-w-r-x plumbing.com Now, to my guest, a man that really doesn't need any introduction here in Northern California. If you don't know who Jerry Reynolds is, well, you're not listening to my podcast anyway. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome a guy that's had every role imaginable with the Sacramento Kings. Hopefully, he is enjoying his retirement these days. Jerry, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Well, thank you, Grant. And uh, yes, I did have every job and enjoyed most of them, but enjoyed uh, the one working with you for 20 years by far the most. That was. uh getting you know getting paid to to have fun that that's a great deal
0: you know here's something i never asked you i just wanted to know you know you being the star of the show do you get paid a lot more than i did do you think
2: I know I didn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
2: Oh, man. I I was going to say, I think that was my my main skill of being around for 36 years was being a terrible negotiator.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, let's get right into it. I want to talk to you about the NBA and the Sacramento Kings. Of course, the Kings opened up their season with a road win up in Portland, uh, their home opener against the Utah Jazz. So uh, what did you like? What did you see that might have been different than what you watched last year jerry
1: well i think this
2: team really has a little more of a defensive edge to it i I really do i think the uh, you know the bench is much better the bench uh, from the start of last year to the start of this year is totally different and and they just don't automatically lose ground when they go to it so uh, i think that bodes well uh, going forward and you know i wasn't a big fan of the of the Tristan Thompson trade but but I'm becoming one because he does bring a nice edge to him. Uh, you know, and of course he and Rashawn Holmes. I mean, give you forty eight minutes of of uh hustle and tough guy play, which the team needs. And uh so yeah, I think that's uh I think you know, the bench is just just so much better. The the rookie's gonna be good. Uh, you know, he'll have his moments of where he was just so so last night, but he's gonna be he can guard somebody and that uh, Davion Mitchell. So, so that's good. So I, I do, I, I'd said before, I, I honestly think this is the most talented team that the Kings have had actual talent probably since Rick Adelman's last playoff team. Hmm. Uh, you know, you have to, you know, that, that now that doesn't mean, you know, I mean, that doesn't mean you're going to win 44, or five games. I don't mean that, but, but I think the talent is certainly, you know, uh, encouraging. They got legitimate NBA players, uh, eight, nine, ten deep, and and they, they just haven't had that for a while. It, it's it's uh, just going a step further. It's it's clearly more talented team than Dave Yeager had, and what? I thought Dave did a very good job with what he had, of course, but but I think it's more talented than that squad.
0: What are your thoughts of Buddy Hield coming off the bench?
2: Well, that's where he should be. Uh, you know, I and mean, he—I know—he didn't like it, <clears throat> but uh, he's good at it. And uh, you know, basically, going in with the second unit, some he can be more of a focus. Uh, and and certainly, he, you know, he's a big time shot maker. I, I, I like that. I, I like, I say, I, I'm sure Buddy doesn't like it, but but something we've talked about many times. It's like he, he's not nearly the best guy that's ever come off the bench. You know, they've been Hall of Famers. Did that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, so I, I think it's a good role for him, and especially with this team. And and at times, Luke has, has shown more creativity. I mean, you know, he might throw four guards out there, you know, or basically wings with with Heald and Harrison Barnes. So, so uh, yeah, I, I think it's a it definitely it definitely makes the team better with Buddy coming off the bench.
0: Jerry, what do you make of the Marvin Bagley situation?
2: Well, it just—I think it's at a place where just something needs to be done, and I, and I, you know, to where you probably need to cut bait, you know, type thing. Uh, if you can make a move, and I think maybe they were, had tried in the past, but didn't, you know, didn't get what they feel was value. And sometimes, to me, it's a little—you know—it's a far lesser version because Marvin's not not uh, younger and in less cost. Costly, but than the Ben Simmons kind of thing is that uh you, you don 't have to you know trade you don't have to get dollar for dollar here mm-hmm. if, if, but if you could uh you know with Marvin if you could move him for a say a wing or something that you need, even if you don 't think he's quite as talented uh, you should do that i think I think your team gets better and I, you know of course i'd say the same thing about sim Simmons and in Philly, they they painted themselves in a corner. Daryl Morey, you know, basically, uh, they should have uh, made a, they could have made a good deal, and a fair deal four months ago, but they wanted to hit a grand slam home run instead of hitting a nice, solid yeah. double. I'll, I'll, and now I'll, they'll be
0: lucky to get a single. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I'll talk to you about that here in a couple of moments. I want to get your thoughts. You talked a lot about this when you were on my podcast last year about Tyrese Halliburton being the lead guard at times. Now he is starting in the backcourt with De'Aaron. Do you like that? And how do you see that maturing and developing and more rhythm and continuity as the season progresses?
2: Well, I, I think it's a, it, potentially a very good backcourt. I mean, because Tyrese is really more of a ball mover and, and and a guy who will run an offense where I think it frees up De'Aaron to be more of the scorer, which he really is. I mean, not you know he he'll make plays, but he he'll make plays off the bounce, you know, as he's trying to score. Where Halliburton is more of a you know a, ball, a spacer of the floor and a ball mover, and and I think uh, you know it fits. I mean, because you can still have. De'Aaron guard the ones and, and Halliburton guard the twos. It's a little bit of the Christy Bibby kind of thing, you know, where years ago, where really Doug was more of the point guard than Bibby was and Bibby more of the scorer. And I, I, I think, I think they've got a chance to, to be really good, uh, over, over a period of time. And so, yeah, I'm glad they started off this year that way. I felt, you know, last year that, it, you know, I guess just, it seemed apparent to me. You know, I mentioned in the podcast that I do that. I, about January, I thought, well, this is clearly the way they need to go you know, for the team to get better.
0: And you're now a multi, multi, multi millionaire because of that great podcast you were doing, right? I know it's number one on the charts across the across the country.
2: Well, actually, it's, I do one for it's a, a Kings. Uh, kind of a NBA site called uh, oh, okay. King's Herald now. Just, yeah, so I get a, I do get a little bit of money. Good, and, you deserve uh, it. Yeah, and so uh, that makes Mrs. Reynolds happy. There's some yeah. something coming into the house.
0: Well, uh, you, you get more. Yeah, you you, you uh, get more than I give you from doing this show, right?
2: Hey, that's all good I, I don't uh, hey hey I, I'm I'm retired and the less the less I do the better I'm at it you
0: know oh my gosh when you look and again, it's only one game and again the opener coming up against the Utah Jazz and then the Warriors come in you think the bench is significantly better if you still look at a crux on this team like a, a an area that you think okay they really need to upgrade they need to get better to be a legitimate playoff team what would it be?
2: Well, they need another wing you know with size, another six 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 seven guy that can play small forward or maybe even bigger that could uh, you know play the the four and and shoot and play off the dribble and and to me, they don't have that guy uh I think that's always where they were hoping that Bagley could become that guy, but you know, I guess he hadn't so far, but for different reasons, but uh you know i in my mind that that would be the need. You know, they've got more quality guards than they need and and not enough quality wings they need. So it's a little unbalanced
0: there. The other evening, the Los Angeles Lakers opened up against the Warriors and I believe that it really takes 20 to 25 games to get a real full concrete you know, thought process in your head on a team. In other words, things are going to change a lot. But with that being said, because this is a veteran team, and because they added Russell Westbrook. Do you see some potential problems there?
2: Oh, I sure do. Yeah, I uh, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, LeBron, amazingly, is still LeBron. And, I mean, I think they'll get... They'll get a lot of those things worked out. But I think they're a long way from a championship contender at the moment. And I would probably be a little outspoken in this regard. I would bring Russell Westbrook off the bench. Or if I did, I would start him and just start him for a few minutes, you know, to keep him happy. And then have him play a lot of minutes with the second unit where he could be Russell Westbrook again. But uh, he's never going to get to be Russell Westbrook with LeBron because LeBron's got to have the ball, too. And I mean, you know, it's just a that situation where two two ball dominant guys, and and I don't think they're either one selfish. I don't mean that, but that's their games. You know, Russell Westbrook without the ball in the hand, who is he? And uh, but anyway, I think I think if you did that, uh, Russell could feel comfortable and really be valuable. You know, and he might. I mean, if you probably did, you know, kept him in the starting lineup, he'd probably be okay with it. But uh, but I think they've got to come up with something. Because, uh, you know, as they are, uh, which I'm happy to say, I'm, I'm, I don't think they're good enough. And uh, I've boy said, I think the trade they didn't make with the Kings uh, would have been a better trade. You know, I think Buddy Healed on that team, they'd be better off than they currently are. And, uh, and of course, if they, the Kings had made the trade, they might also be a, a serious top seven or eight contender, too.
0: It seems like that would have been a deal that would have made... Both teams better that it would have been a better fit, Buddy in LA and Kuzma and whoever else in Sacramento. Yeah. It seems like both teams would have really been able to fill out their needs.
2: Oh, I agree. I mean, absolutely think so. I mean, Montrez Harold and Kuzma. Oh boy! I mean, you plug. You know, you you might not have did the the Tristan Thompson deal, and I mean, and and certainly Harold is different, but he can really score, as you know. Sure. And uh, give you, and then of course Kuzma gives you that mobile. Uh, three four kind of guy that you don't have, and uh no i I mean I think it i think I think the honestly the Lakers search for superstars may, may have for you know maybe it's the first time really hurt them, you know, and they're uh, you know just blinded by the idea of Westbrook, who we know is the first ballot hall of famer, but it just not might not be you know fit to fit uh, it's still a team game, and fit's very important, and I don't know that he fits. Certainly hasn't yet.
0: Were the Lakers that bad on opening night or were the Warriors that good? Did the Warriors impress you?
2: Yeah, they did. The Warriors did impress me. I, I mean, from the standpoint of... I mean, here, you know, they're able to win with Steph Curry not being able to make a shot, really. But, but I mean, Steph's a great player, and so mm-hmm. he, he plays great. I, I've always said the thing I love about Steph, say even compared to a Damian Lillard, he doesn't need to have the ball to be great. You know, he, he can score. He doesn't have to... To, to pound the ball, he doesn't do a lot off the dribble necessarily. And, uh, and and you know, the ball is moving. Uh, Steve Curtis, credit their offense. I mean, the ball moves, people cut, move. And, uh, you know, an image of Belisha, uh, you know, from the Kings had last year. I mean, he was terrific. I mean, talk about fitting into a perfect situation. A big man, as you know, that can pass, shoot, and is unselfish and he's all that he he really is going to help that team and uh, once I get Clay Thompson back honestly I could you know I could see them uh, definitely uh, really pushing for a top four spot
0: and then there's the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard for maybe the whole year but they're vastly different right now where do you see them their their makeup their roster is still pretty good obviously Paul George is on that team what type of a season do you think they could have
2: well, I think they're going to be good, and like, but you know, really seriously contend for a championship. I don't think they can without Kawhi. I mean, to Paul George's credit, last year I, I thought he was terrific, and I I think that'll carry over. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just, it's hard for me to see him, you know, being more than a top four or five team in the West. I mean, the West is so good, and and. Uh, you know, there's so many teams that that could win the West. I mean, you know, Phoenix, uh, L, both LA teams, Denver. Yep. I mean, I mean, uh, there's just a lot of a lot of darn good teams. I, I think so. It's going to be kind of interesting how that all plays out. I mean, Utah, of course. So it, it's right now. I don't think there is a favorite. You know, I think you've got four or five that. You know, maybe in 20 games we'll have a little better idea, as opposed to the East where. You know, I think Milwaukee, hey, they're the champions, and they look like the champions.
0: Phoenix was a team that I think surprised a lot of people last year, and Chris Paul was amazing for what he did. And then DeAndre Ayton, who, of course, was taken number one in the Marvin Bagley draft, the Suns elected not to give him that rookie contract extension. Thus, he'll be a restricted free agent next summer. How do you value him?
2: Well, I think uh, I think he's uh, terrific, and and I mean he had a great year, and and I think if he has another year, he'll probably get the money he wants, and I I, I agree with Phoenix on this. I, I I don't know any reason to go give guys one hundred fifty million dollars until you have to, until they you know proven it, uh, because ask John Wall in Houston. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, I mean it's a case of of. Uh, like with DeAndre, well, you'd you'd want to see will he continue to improve or work as hard? Well, that's what you want to see. Now, if he now the media always say, well, what if he's unhappy? And well, if he's unhappy, he doesn't work hard. Why would you want to uh, hitch your wagon to a guy like that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, and and restricted, and, and and I think that's where so many teams I think are hundred percent wrong, and the media's way wrong. Is it that that's what restricted was fought for to help small market teams get an extra year? You can't lose them because you, you know, you can match any offer, number one, and, and in fact, you can actually pay them a lot more money. So you'll never lose anybody you that you, unless you want to lose them and, and are allowed to lose them. So uh, I just think, you know, when you look at the possibilities of what if you, you know, you commit a 180 million to DeAndre Ayton now and you're not sure and during the year he tears an Achilles and now all of a sudden the worst thing that can happen to a team is a guy coming back off a serious injury that's never the same player under a big contract.
0: All right. If I mean, you, that,
2: yeah. that's, that's a franchise killer.
0: No question. Absolutely. Speaking of a franchise killer, you would, you mentioned Ben Simmons a couple of minutes ago, you know, you spent years in the front office. And of course it was a different time back then. I, I can't believe the behavior of Ben Simmons. It bl- blows me away that a guy that's got four years left on his deal could be acting this unprofessional and this just, I mean, it, it's such a bad look for the Sixers, but really it's a worse look for the league. What do you think the solution is here? How do you think you might go about handling this?
2: Well, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Right now, it, it's really different. I think they, both parties, uh, could have handled it way better early and, and come, you know, if, if Ben wanted traded, his agent wanted traded, uh, you know, kept it, kept it, uh, quiet and said, look, this is how it's going to be and let's make, we'll agree to a, a, a deal if you can move us somewhere else. I mean, uh, I mean, I do think there's a point where if a player really doesn't want to play for you, you're probably are going to have to move him. You know, it's, uh, it's entertainment business. If, if Jack Nicholson doesn't want to do a movie for you, uh, you're probably going to have to get somebody else. Uh, so, so having said that, but I do think that, that both parties handled it completely wrong, going out in the public from uh, Ben Simmons' team side and then Maury coming out with ridiculous demands for trades that he'd have to have, which just, just made it impossible to do anything. And now here's, here's where you are. And and then I'll take it one step further. I think when you saw what happened with Anthony Davis in New Orleans and then James Harden, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving, uh, from clean, you know, okay. Don't, there's no reason to be surprised by Ben Simmons.
0: (laughs) No, you're right. That's, and that's, (laughs) and you know what, how sad is that, that we can, that you say that because you're accurate, you know?
2: Yeah, no, it's it's very disturbing, and and it's not good for the league, and and I blame the players' association a lot for this too. It's like, hey, it's their image. Uh, they they you know basically it's like you know when at some point if you sign a contract you ought to say well I would like to be traded but I'll I'll, I'll honor my contract because I signed it. Wow, you know it's a contract. Wow, and I and I'd appreciate you know I mean uh, you know behind the scenes say I, I really don't want to play here anymore. I don't like you know. And uh, that sort of thing, and I think that's. But but anyway, now it's this is what we got, and and you know we'll have it uh, probably more often going forward. And like I say, if if we do, it's the kind of thing the league. Better better be very scared. scared of because it, it, it's it 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 will not serve the players or the league well at all going forward.
0: Very well said. Last year the New York Knicks were fourth in the East, the Atlanta Hawks were fifth, both up and up up and coming teams. If I told you one of the teams was gonna fall off quite a bit this year, which one would you choose?
2: I don't think either. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. You know, I think they're both gonna be good and, and I the reason I say that certainly I think Atlanta has the most talent uh, but they're both extremely well coached. You know, I mean Tom Thibodeau does a marvelous job, you know, the I watched them last night in the Garden the atmosphere is fantastic. Uh you know, they're a better team. They've got more talent this year that can score. So they'll be they'll be good again. You know, I can't say they'll but but for them not to be a playoff team in the top four or five, I'd be surprised. And same way with the Hawks, you know they had quite a few injuries late in the year. People kind of forgot, but DeAndre Hunter, really one of their better young players, good point, wasn't available to play. And uh, he may be ever bit as good as John Collins, and they're very close. So you know they, you know Herter and Bogdanovich, of course, <laughs> and Clint Capella. So I, I think those teams. You know, in the East, I, I think you can make the case the East might be better in the West now. Hmm. Uh, I mean, when you look at really maybe the two best potential teams, you know, if Brooklyn gets their stuff together and, and then, you know, with Milwaukee, uh, I mean, I think they're they're probably potentially better than anybody in the West. And then, you know, with the additions that Miami's got, you know, they're going to be back in the hunt. No question. Philly. And so, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's not unusual, you know, the pendulum. Taking a long time, and I mean, I think the West is really, really good, don't get me wrong, I, but I, I think at the top of the East is better than the top of the West, I guess is what I'm saying.
0: You know what's kind of nice? I look at the West, I think, the same way as you do. I could see any of four or five teams coming out of the conference, and whereas in the past, and maybe last year was a little bit of an exception, it was a crazy year with the pandemic and the, no fans, and so I'm going to throw last year out the window, but generally before the season starts, there's only one, maybe two teams in the conference that you you know, can make it to the NBA finals. I look at the West is pretty much wide open this year.
2: Oh, I do too. I mean, would, would it surprise you to say Denver comes out of the West? Nope. Not really. Would it surprise you Utah comes out? Not really. Uh, you know, I mean, so no, that's, uh, I, th- I, think the, yeah, there's definitely four or five teams that, uh, and maybe even, uh, maybe even Dallas. I don't, quite think they will. You know, I think they, they just don't have quite enough. And I certainly think Portland is probably going to struggle. I, I'm convinced that they hurt themselves by getting rid of Terry Stotts. I think they outsmarted themselves there. Mm-hmm. That uh, they looked at their team as under underachieving. I looked at it as overachieving with their talent base. But, but time will tell on that as well.
0: <clears throat> is there a team in the West – I'm going to throw a, a Minnesota out there. Uh, maybe Memphis isn't quite in that same category. Is there a team in the West that we're not talking about that you think is well on their way to being a perennial playoff team?
2: It might be Memphis. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I did definitely think it might be Memphis. I, I think with Minnesota and the Kings are two teams that probably are going to be significantly better, but just got to see more. But I think with Memphis, they showed quite a bit last year. And, uh, you know, they certainly appear well coached. And they've got a real leader in John Morant. And and they play with a pretty consistent toughness about them. And they've got some nice pieces. So, you know, now, how good can they be? I don't know. I think they've, you know, but to be a, they certainly look like a, a team that could be a consistent playoff team for a number of years.
0: I get asked this a lot. About whether I miss doing the games. And I, of course, for me, it's an easy answer. Of course I do, but I'm younger than you. You had an amazing career. Do you miss doing the games at all?
2: Not really. Uh, you know, I think the two years that I was doing pre and post game part time really, really kind of, you know, kind of took care of it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was, uh, you know, 50 some years in basketball you know, it's kind of enough. And I, I, I really enjoy it from a fan's perspective. And, uh, but, uh you know, I, I I certainly, you know, really enjoyed it. But, but I also think, hey, you know, there's a point where, you know, you, you've got to, got to hang the shoes up, you know what I mean? <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> to hang the shoes up. Okay.
2: I mean, and, and, you know, and you, I, I really did feel like the last year we worked together and I, I mean it really I, I was starting to lose it you know things didn't come to me nearly as quickly uh and and I knew that and, and so that bothered me and it really even on the pre and post game show that was the case but nobody really we didn't do anything significant sure. on that anyway so they not make a difference <laughs> I don't know but, of anybody uh, that
0: watches those shows I really don't, I, mean,
2: <laughs> I don't either, right. <laughs> but uh, too too often, but anyway, yeah, I, uh, no, it was, it was, it was time, you know, like I say, I don't want to be, you know, be Oscar Robertson getting his jersey pulled off of him, or, or <laughs> Willie Mays falling down in center field, I mean, you know, the, the greats are the great, there's a point where you, when you, you know, you've lost it, and you better just walk off into the sunset, and I think that's, that's, Kind of what I meant to do, and I think I did.
0: Well, it's always great having you on, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna win an award for the most appearances on. If you don't like that with Grant Napier, I think this is the fourth time. So, what that means, Jerry, is every time you come on, you're so damn good that people want to hear you more and more and more. So I call you. You know, that's how it works. Well,
2: that uh, well that is a great award and achievement. I love coming on with you. Obviously, love working with you, and and you have a and you have a great show for Thank those of. Get a chance. I mean, I, I've, I've gotten kind of slipped behind here in the last few weeks. i got about 10 or 12 behind, but Shame I, on I you. love your podcast. But the rants are off the charts. I mean, that's, a, you <laughs> know, be, right. I keep waiting for one where I can disagree with you on it, but I haven't come up with one yet. When I do, I'll tell you.
0: Okay, you tell me. Absolutely. Well, hey, it, <laughs> okay. it, it's great having you on, chair. I really appreciate it. Uh, you're the best, and I, I know the fans really appreciate hearing your thoughts on the team in the NBA. So thanks so much.
2: Thank you. Take care.
0: It is time for our Crowd Ultra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com. Maybe I will answer your question right here on my podcast. Let's get to Tristan. Do you think Evander Kane's 21-game suspension is fair? Hell, yeah, it's fair. He lied about being vaccinated. He had a fake vaccination card. Hell, yeah, it's fair. Absolutely. And how stupid can you be? Tom asks, does the new drama with Ben Simmons show they should have traded him? I understand they may not have been able to get the desired pieces for him, but this seems worse, and the season just started. I don't disagree with you. In retrospect, they did make a mistake. This is a disaster now. This is an absolute disaster, in my opinion, for the Philadelphia 76ers. Awful. Jimmy asks, should woke ESPN get criticism for Gruden working for them during the time of the emails or for hiring him in The first place. Well, how would ESPN know about any emails between John Gruden and Bruce Allen? You don't know what you know, what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So, no, Jimmy. No. Julian wants to know, what's your take on the NBA hosting the HBCU Classic during All-Star Weekend? I did not know that. I am not a favor of any league doing uh, things outside of their sport. In other words, I'm not a fan of the WNBA players participating in All-Star Weekend. I'm not a fan of, you know, other events. To me, it's a weekend for the NBA. It's the NBA All-Star Game. I mean, I'm not bothered by it. I'm not losing sleep over it. But to me, NBA All-Star Weekend should be about the NBA. Now, if they're trying to draw more people to their event and make more money, then then that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But again, it's NBA All-Star Weekend. I I don't understand why so many other things continually uh, get included. All right, let's move along. Ryan asks, is Shaq delusional, believing he was better than Wilt Chamberlain? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Shaq was great, but if, if that's what he's saying, yeah, that's a little off base. Corey asks, will Doc Rivers be able to get control over the Ben Simmons problems? No. No, he won't. He doesn't have control over it right now, does he? No. It's a good question, but how's he going to get control over it? It's an organizational deal right now. Tom asked, have you seen ESPN is expected to make a hundred million in ad revenue from the NHL this season? I did not see that. I don't know if it's obtainable or not. Charlie asked, What were your thoughts of the comments of Marvin Bagley's agent? Jeff Schwartz is one of the most respected agents in all of basketball. I don't have a problem with what he said. He's right. They probably should have moved him in the offseason or last year at the trade deadline. I don't have a problem with that. Cameron asked, Do you think Trevor Barrow will get a ring if the Dodgers win the World Series? Yes. He's a member of the Dodgers. Yes. Someone asked, do you think the Dodgers could be drained from the previous series? No. Teams go the distance all the time leading up. And as I'm recording this, the series isn't over. Hey, did you think the Braves were capable of winning this series against the Dodgers? Hey, Pat, you know what? Yes, I did think they were capable of winning this series. I didn't think they were going to, though. Big difference. Yes, I thought they were capable, but I didn't think they were going to do it. Hey, as always, thank you so much for our crowd ultra participants Greatly appreciated. It's
1: time for Grant's Grant, Grant,
0: Grant. Hey, today's rant is brought to you by Roy's Umbrella. If you're in the market for buying a new home, looking to do a refi, make sure you check out Roy and his phenomenal staff. Just go to roysumbrella.com. That's roysumbrella.com. So let me get this straight. The Sacramento Kings opened up the season Wednesday in Portland. The coaching staff was there. The players were there. The trainer was there so on and so forth but the king's announcers were not there are you freaking kidding me or what i mean last year i get it but this year the arenas are full i mean look at the college basketball excuse me college football and nfl games Hundred thousand people in stadiums you know what this is all about it's about saving a buck how cheap can you freaking be now in all fairness there were a few other teams as well not sending their announcers on the road And it's all about saving some money. Hey, this is the freaking NBA. It's not junior high or high school. It's the NBA. Get off your wallet and do the right thing and send your announcers on the road. This is embarrassing. It really is. It's embarrassing. You're watching an NBA game from Portland and you can't afford to have what? Three announcers go for one night and spend The money on a hotel room? Come on now. Get off your freaking wallet and send your announcers on the road. It's a bad, bad look. And that is my rant for today. That's my podcast for today. Really appreciate Jerry Reynolds coming on as he always does. Tuesday, I'm going to talk a lot more about my pending lawsuit. I'll go over a lot of the details that's coming up on Tuesday. Hey, hope you have a fabulous weekend. And thank you so much for checking me out here. If you don't like that, with Grant Napier.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 18 plus.